The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Funny and charismatic, an overachiever who was on the honor roll. That's how Louise Winnant remembered her brother, Marshall Applewhite, who would go on to become the Heaven's Gate cult leader. Heaven's Gate was curiously techie. It had a website before most traditional businesses did, and its beliefs were something like out of Star Trek, involving aliens, UFOs, and talk of ascension to the, quote, next level. But it also had strains of the familiar. It clearly borrowed from Christianity, and as Applewhite claimed to be able to save his followers from Lucifer. It was a combination that converted many people, which led to a 1997 mass suicide that stunned America. Bursting through the national consciousness, Heaven's Gate instantly became infamous. And this is the story of Heaven's Gate. Well, hello, my fellow weirdos. How is everybody? I hope everyone is having a fan-bloody-tastic Friday. Uh, today, we have another collab. Like, we love a collab at Horror House. I've done about four in the last week. Everyone is collabing. Um, and I'm so, so stoked that these two guys can join me. And they are the hosts of the absolutely awesome podcast, Spoils of Horror, Leo and Stephen. Welcome, 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 guys. Hey, Dom. Hello. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on my humble, humble little little podcast. So, uh, for anyone that hasn't listened to your fucking amazing show, and if you haven't, then what the, you need words. Like, go and, go, and, go and talk to yourself. Like, just go and have a chat with yourself. <laughs> um, tell... <laughs> Right, like sort out your life choices because they're obviously not very good. <laughs> I'm joking. Please don't leave. Like <laughs> my audience has just shrunk right. completely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> nobody's left. Everyone's just like, right, I'm going to go and listen to something else now. Um, for anyone that hasn't listened to your show, tell us about your podcasts and also tell people where they can find you on social medias and where they can listen to you guys. First of all, I am so excited to be on a podcast where they discipline people for not listening to us. That is, That's even that down is to the right ground. call. <laughs> we are Spoils of Horror. We're a weekly horror movie hangout podcast where we cover everything from the popular to the bizarre. We're not a review show. We just like to hang out, crack jokes, and have a good time. And unfortunately, Stephen's there too, so we put up with that while we do the best we can to make the rest of it happen. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, if you've got you to do like, what you've got to do. Yeah. If you would like to hear 
Leo and I banter and make fun of each other like brothers while horror movie is sort of playing in the background. Join us. We're on Spotify. We're on all the different shit that you can listen to a podcast on. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. We have a good time. Horror on all social media. You'll find us. Yes. Um, and they didn't pay me to to say good things about their podcast god no that is that is all me that's all from the heart baby um but no it's we haven't paid him yet not yet <laughs> like they they said we're they gonna got... pay you in flavor aid packets i mean you said you got netflix money so that was a lie but it's fine <laughs> it's fine <laughs> i can i can take other 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 forms of, of payment um well, that sounded really dodgy, that, didn't it? I don't know. Um, We're a continent away, Dom. <laughs> yeah. That's a very, very large red light district. That's, uh... um, so, Heaven's Gate, cult. We love, we love a cult. We love it. We, we do. They're just, you know, a really nice community of people that do lots of good and, and aren't, you know, just a collection of... Well, I know... The people aren't too bad, really, is it? It's the cult leaders. <laughs> like, yeah. They just annoy me, you know. But hey-ho. But we love a cult. And this cult, you <laughs> may be familiar with it. They they were pretty infamous, you know, because of a certain thing that we will be that we will be talking about in not but a moment. Uh, but we are talking about Heaven's Gate today. So, Leo, Stephen, are you ready to do some cult shit? Oh, heck yeah. I am so in. Yes, 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 yes. Cool. So, what better place to start than from the beginning? So, Marshall Applewhite uh, was the son of a Presbyterian pastor and a former soldier. He began his study of biblical prophecy in the early 1970s. In March 1972, he met Bonnie Nettles, a 44-year-old married nurse, oh dear, with an interest in... uh, (laughs) In philosophy, oh my God, I was really struggling with that one. Bloody hell. That's right, my audience are like proper, proper used to me not being able to talk English. Um, she has a degree. So, yeah. She has a degree. You don't know, Stephen, keeps me on the show just so that I can edit all that stuff out from him. And that's how he sounds so good. So... <laughs> I'm used to so it. I, I, I know okay. what I'm going to be doing in. <laughs> I know what I'm going to be doing in this edit later. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> so he met Bonnie Point Nestles, a 44-year-old <laughs> married nurse, um, with an interest in biblical prophecy. After being fired from the University of Saint Thomas in Houston, Texas, over an alleged relationship with one of his male pupils. Cool. The first fucking bullet point. And, he's, and we've already got to nonce fucking nonce city. Oh, good stuff. Can I say good something, stuff. Dom? Yeah. So when I was reading about Heaven's Gate, they described Marshall as a musical theater enthusiast. And I thought to myself, <laughs> there is nothing I would dread more on the planet than being referred to as a musical theater enthusiast. Oh, he was never dear. in cats, but boy, did he love them. That's it. <laughs> so you know that thing that friends have where they uh, they have to go and burn the other person's porn if mm-hmm. they die? Mm-hmm. 
That's what Leo has to do if I die. <laughs> Any trace of musical theater has to be destroyed. It's going to be a rather large bonfire. That is going to be the bonfire to end all bonfires. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Guy Fox has nothing on me. We, um, <laughs> we, we've already uncovered that Marshall Applewhite likes um, young boys. Which is which is a good start. We're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. And this woman was already married, so that's two strikes in one bullet point. Good stuff. And that's the first bullet point as well. <laughs> Welcome to Jim. Oh dearie me! If there was ever a if, <laughs> right right, if there was ever something that like could could make you go oh so it's going to be he's going to be that kind of guy i think right off the bat i've I've sort of uncovered uncovered that very quickly um so their meeting um was rumored to be at a psychiatric facility um where nettles was filling in for another worse uh, another nurse working in the nursery with premature newborns very romantic you know Fuck you know. Uh, the smell of anesthesia <laughs> romance is dead. The screams of pain down the hall. <laughs> Dreamweaver was playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, if there was ever something that would ever set a mood, it's a psychiatric facility, isn't it? Like, you take you if that if that's not enough to take her pants off, then I don't know what. I it don't is. think there's really anything wrong with crazy people. At least they're committed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dom, I have a question for you. Yes, far away. I'm so I'm glad I got... let's let's ignore his bad joke. <laughs> a real question. We like... I think it's fascinating in this story how it's very unclear how they actually met. That's just one rumor of yeah. how they met. Yeah. And there was yeah. so there's that rumor and there was um I'm pretty sure there's a completely different rumor of how they met as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit murky, uh, but you know, I mean, I, 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 I've, it's not like I would actually want to meet Marshall Applewhite in either scenario, like at all, just full stop, psychiatric hospital or not. <laughs> Fair point. It's a choose your own adventure as to how they met. <laughs> It is. It, it genuinely is. That's going to be the next merch I do for you, Dom, is a, a shirt that looks like one of those Choose Your Own Adventure books with Jim Jones on yes. it. Yes. Oh, mate. I would I would rock that. <laughs> like, I'd rock that so bad. <laughs> oh, dear. So um, Applewhite afterwards reflected on how he felt. He had known Nettles for a long time. And obviously came to the you know perfectly logical conclusion that they had met in a previous life she persuaded him that he had a divine mission by telling him that their meeting had been forsaken to her by extraterrestrials yeah (laughs) i appreciate you just letting that hang for a minute there Oh, there's going to be a lot in this episode where I'm going to let it hang just for like a few seconds. That's what you call space crazy. That's a certain level of dysfunctional. It's interesting how during that time period, UFO sightings were like a craze. Mm. 
So that is true. There were loads of them, wasn't there, in the seventies? Mm-hmm. Well, Jim Jones was not just charismatic in uh, the people. He was also really good about finding the local trends and what was hopping at that time and latching yeah. onto it, using it to his advantage. That's yeah, that's yeah. Uh, it, but no, I didn't even sort of twig when I was outlining this that UFO mania was such a you know rampant sort of thing in the seventies. So obviously that's probably, I mean, that's part that I'm assuming that's partly why, she, you know, she was like, oh, it's, you know, it's fucking E.T. telling us that we were meant to meet. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Even uh, Jimmy Carter had a uh, a UFO sighting around that time. He did. Oh, I yeah. didn't actually know that. I mean, I don't know my U.S. presidents very well. I'll, 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 I'll concede that. <laughs> Unbelievable that we are not the center <laughs> of your life. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, just because we ran away from home so many years ago doesn't mean we should be forgotten. I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm still quite bitter that you threw all of our tea off a ship. That's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, and we still have the highest taxes in the area, so it didn't do us much good. <laughs> that's all right. Our, our, um, I'm pretty sure our taxes here are going up, <laughs> and our national insurance is going up, and everything is going up. Hey ho. <laughs> This is what we, you guys come we, to Horror House for, move. our politics and our complaints. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I said that I would never get political on this podcast. To be fair, I, it took me 19 episodes, 19, 20 episodes, whatever I'm on now, to actually get political. I've, I'm quite proud that I managed to keep it out that long. You're not really being political as much as just making fun of us for, you know, ditching you guys and ghosting for 300 years <laughs> yeah, the original ghosting <laughs> <laughs> we didn't answer any of your parchment letters <laughs> i wrote you i wrote you parchment letters and you still ain't calling <laughs> it is our goal by the way to make this episode four hours for you <laughs> I'm going to be editing, editing it later, being like, right, I'm never having Leo and Steven on again. It's, it's not even going to have us in it. It's, it's just going to be me talking to myself. And that's when he realized he had a much better show. Just cutting us out. Oh, dear. Uh, so, so Applewhite and Nettles uh, pondered St. Francis of Assisi's life and read readings by Helena uh, Bla- Blavatsky, R.D. Lang, and Robert Back, among others. They carried a King James Bible with them and examined many New Testament sections, fo- uh, focusing on Christianity, aestheticism, and uh, eschatology teachings. I feel not very confident that I've actually hit any of those pronunciations, but hey ho, we move, <laughs> we move. Um, Applewhite was also a science fiction fan, reading works by Robert A. Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke, among others. So the beliefs of Applewhite and Nettles had consider- uh, cons- consolidated into a basic form by June nineteenth, they became. They came to the conclusion that they had been chosen Robbie. to carry out biblical prophecies and that they had been granted 
higher level minds than the rest of the population. I saw the face then that Leo pulled, and that was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm, mm, Marshall. Not. I'm, you're not really. I'm not warming to Marshall. No. <laughs> I'm just not at all. <laughs> I, also, I think that there you know, is some things about his story that are a bit sympathetic. He really clearly struggled with his sexuality at certain points, which I'm sure we're getting to, mm. but yeah, he's a really interesting dude. Yes. Interesting. is a, is a, is a good word. Um, good word. So, um, but you know, obviously we, we've learned that cult leaders are, are very down to earth people, you know, very down to earth. Uh, they published a <laughs> they published a brochure on Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan, which was a thinly yeah. veiled reference to Apple White himself. This is the great thing was. about <clears throat> of course again Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan. That's a very American, specific, not British. Very specific. So, <laughs> he came here. Came to Texas. <laughs> are you but trying to start another war? What are you doing? <laughs> People don't know that Dom's podcast is really the center of all international politics. That's the great thing it about is. a cult, though. It's like the UN. That's up the in great here. thing about the cult, though. I fully believe that everybody involved believes this stuff. But man, you get to make shit up. You get to oh, yeah. just say whatever f- fits yeah. you. Yeah. Say, that's the thing that and fascinates I was... me about cults in general is the human condition. Yeah. The desperation or the loneliness or whatever it is that's going on in a person that when they find one of these charismatic people, they're drawn in and just 100% with anything they're pitching. Yeah. It's very interesting. I So I was thinking exactly that when I was doing the outline. I was like, like I would comfort, I could, I could comfortably assume that quite a few of his or quite a few of the followers that came into Heaven's Gate were, they were probably, you know, they might have been looking for a sense of community. They might not have had that many friends or that many connections. So, you know, when Marshall comes along and says, you know, you're, you're going to, be very important in heaven's gate you're going to matter blah 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 this this that and the other then they're going to hear that obviously and then they're going to be like okay yeah this is a good deal he seems Mm -hmm. he seems on the level obviously he wasn't particularly on the level but they they saw like like you say yeah yeah they cling you know they cling to this person that could say whatever he wanted to say and they would buy it or they would they would believe it with well, more importantly, no. he says what they need to hear. These yeah. are people who are looking for validation or looking for uh, some sort of external form of love or comfort to fill that hole in them that they don't have yeah. uh, fill for with themselves. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool. Where was I? Cool. So here we go. Um, so as I said, they published a brochure on Jesus' re- Jesus's reincarnation as a Texan, uh, which was a thinly veiled reference to Apple White himself. Furthermore, they came to the conclusion that they were that they were two witnesses mentioned in the book of Revelation, and they began visiting churches and other spiritual groups to speak about their identities, referring them referring to themselves as the two or the UFO two. 
One of my favorite part about this whole thing is how many different names they give themselves. Yeah, they give the they take loads, don't they? Yeah, they're worse than some There's of the punks so that many, I know. They so just give them. themselves. I think I might start giving myself fucking some all sorts of terrible names. Wild nicknames as well. Just, just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't spoil them now, but they have like along their their path, they have like six different. No, no, call us this now and call us that now, and it always just gets more wackadoo along the way. Some like the people are fascinating, aren't they? They really are. Like, I kind of wish that I was studying sort of like a psychology degree or something because you know I'm al- I'm always interested in like how the mind works and why people do what they do. So I, I think Marshall would be quite a fascinating case study. I think also his relationship with Bonnie is fascinating. Mm. What they got from one another. Mm-hmm. Um what they found in one another mm. is a big mystery to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um so they so they believed that they would be killed and then restored to life and in view of others uh, transported to a spaceship or onto a spaceship. Uh, This event, which they referred to as the demonstration, was to prove their claims. To their dismay, these ideas were poorly received by existing religious communities. And I, for one, can't believe that their ideas were poorly received. I mean, they're obviously grounded in reality, right? It's it's completely believable, if you ask me. So I'm shocked and I'm saddened. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> other religious communities are just like what's no guys no <laughs> they're just like what how could you not believe us <laughs> what why is it that there are no cults that the ending result of what they're going to do doesn't lead to something that sucks it's always that they're going to go somewhere yeah. great or they're going to go on a UFO. It's never that they're going to get dropped into a volcano or that they're going to get jettisoned into space and there's nothing out there. <laughs> if you if you join this cult, you're going to get, you know, free passage to Barbados. And it's like, no, you're just going to get cyanide poisoning. Everybody gets instead. a Disney Sorry. cruise at the end. Or... Everybody gets a Disney cruise. <laughs> yep. I mean, I would join that that cult. Don't f- Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to put on your patches. You're going to die and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> You've got to die with your Mickey ears on as well. Remember that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, where was that? Cool. So, Sharon Morgan became their first um, disciple, you could say, in May 1974 abandoning her children to join them uh, Sharon left um, the left the group and returned to her family a month later so obviously it was like yeah I'm a head out because this is not for me thank you for the opportunity Marshall Applewhite but you know <laughs> I, I've 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 stuck out my probation period and it's not it's not quite what I'm looking for <laughs> I'm gonna go home now <laughs> um good choice on her part yes that is that is i was that's exactly what i said when i was i was like yeah that was that was actually in retrospect that was actually a probably really good choice very probably a very good choice um so applewhite was uh arrest uh, nettles and applewhite sorry were arrested and charged with credit card uh, credit card fraud 
for using Morgan's cards, uh, despite the fact that she had uh, consented to their use. However, the charges were later dropped. However, a regular check revealed that Applewhite had stolen a rental car from St. Louis nine months prior and was still in possession of it. Applewhite was then imprisoned for six months, uh, mostly in Missouri until being released in early 1975 and rejoining Nettles. How how did he think that he could like keep a rental car for nine months? <laughs> like Nobody would be like, so that rental car. I was going <laughs> to, he probably thought he could keep it longer. <laughs> I was going to ask the same question. It's a fucking rental car. <laughs> like, they're just like, ah, it's like a library book. Just bring it back. <laughs> the rent- it's just another nickel each day. <laughs> Somebody finds it under the dresser six years later. Oh, there you go. Like, oh, I've, I've been banned from the car rental place because it was just sitting in my garage. <laughs> I was about to say, do you think like he went to his garage one day and he was like, oh, shit, yeah, the car. I haven't given that back. <laughs> oh, I really need to return that. Man. It, it was like it was like behind the toolbox. Oh fuck! <laughs> a really big lawnmower sat in front of it. <laughs> oh dear. So Applewhite and Nettles would eventually uh, decide. Eventually decided to contact extraterrestrials and sort out. Uh, yeah, and and sort out like-minded people to join them. They would advertise meetings where they would recruit uh, disciples, who they dubbed the crew. <laughs> My crew. Mm. What? That's <laughs> god dear. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was thinking like hardcore. Those <laughs> Like those white rappers. This is my crew. You know? <laughs> Marshall comes out with like the Air Force ones on. It's like my crew. <laughs> making the making just like Top Gun. They all walk out in their flight jackets. Making the devil sign with his hands. My crew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh dear. So. Uh, they also um, uh, they also pretended to be representatives of beings from another planet uh, called the Next Level, who were looking for volunteers for an experiment. Those who accepted to participate in the experiment would be elevated to a higher evolutionary stage. They claimed. Uh, cool. It takes giant they... balls to pretend <laughs> that you're an alien. Because usually aliens pretend they're people. So it takes giant guts to be like, you know what this you know what's gonna work? I'm gonna pretend I'm an alien. <laughs> to be fair, if any person on Earth could represent being an alien, it would be him. I mean, that look is, at him. That is true. <laughs> he looks like an alien in a meat I, skin. I did um <laughs> I did Google a picture of him the other day because I was like, I don't actually know what this man looks like. Um, so I googled a picture of him. <laughs> I, was, I was just there was this photo. Not missing much. What's that? <laughs> I said you weren't missing much. Yeah, I, I, I was not <laughs> stunned. Like <laughs> I was, I was like, yeah, that. I mean, sorry, Marshall, you're not, you're not wowing me there, buddy. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the photo that I saw. Like <laughs> wide-eyed, fucking, and it's just like ah. Oh, because that man looks well put together. Like, <laughs> he's got his head screwed on. 
Like, it looks like if you know. uh, Captain Picard had really just gone off the deep end, yeah. but still kept <laughs> being captain. Dom, I, <laughs> I got a question. Um, it, I got a question for you, Dom. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think in your research yes. it was about Bonnie and Marshall pretending to be aliens that people gravitated towards? Honestly, I don't know. I I I I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know if they. Yeah, I I I really don't know. Like. I don't know if they they weren't all together themselves and they sort of they weren't really able to see like the 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 pitfalls you could say of of believing that but I don't know what about you what what would you say cuz I know that's such a really cop out answer for me but honestly I I really don't know <laughs> <laughs> I asked you. Um, <laughs> hey, look, it's my podcast, Stephen. I... <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's just going to fucking delete my ass. Go. He pulls rank. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting to me, like I said earlier, how UFO sightings were very popular at the time. And mm. I did read a little bit about Heaven's Gate just to stay on top of it. And yeah. there was some talk about the popularity of science fiction at the time as well, uh, which obviously no, yeah. was a huge <clears throat> inspiration for Marshall. Star Trek was big at the time, yeah. and you're probably going to get into that yeah. later. Um, mm -hmm. So I wonder how much that was in the zeitgeist for people. Yeah. No, that it makes sense, wasn't it? Because it, there was a lot of sort of well, UFO mania, wasn't there? Um uh, at the risk of using another cop out, but the uh, 60s and 70s in America were a much different time, and uh, people's minds were very expanded. So, no, yeah, that's that's true. I suppose people people saw what was sort of going on with with this UFO um, UFO mania, I suppose you could say, and they really believed that you know that this was on the level like they really believed that they could board you know this ship and they could go and get them you know transport themselves into another you know body and all that stuff um so you know maybe ufo mania got into the minds of people and it sort of i don't know if it's the same in the uk but with hollywood mm -hmm. whenever there's a really good movie, if it's a really good Western, for mm -hmm. example, or a really good vampire movie, then suddenly everything explodes and it's nothing but vampires or nothing but Westerns. And I kind of feel like it was a lot of that mindset as well, that human condition to be, oh, this is popular. Now everything's all about yeah. it all the time. Yeah. No, we, we, we had that. I'm pretty sure when like it came out over here, we had loads of killer clown sightings. I'm pretty sure you had that in America as well, didn't you? You had like, killer clowns going around. yeah we had yeah, it yeah. before the movie came out actually <laughs> oh did you oh we I, yeah i think it over we here did. was when it was released um there were sightings yeah. i'm not look sure. up sometime we had, we had a whole incident about mm -hmm. clowns hiding in forests jumping out of people and stuff it's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we have yet to have a killer clown cult though 
Ooh. I'm waiting for that. I I think you just figured out my retirement plan. Thank you. I think I think <laughs> I think when when you know when you guys are like right you know the the spores of horror. It's been a fun ride. I think Killer Clown Cult is where you guys should go after this. Like, <laughs> what if that's our Patreon? <laughs> 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 and we haven't done one yet. We're looking for a good idea. That might be our angle. I think you found it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the free show for the horror movies, but come to Patreon for religion. <laughs> Very come silly for the horror. religion. Stay for the like any other. Stay for the religion. That can be your tagline. <laughs> Get enlightened. <laughs> um, so uh, Marshall and um, oh my god, her name's completely escaped me. Uh, Bonnie, I think it was Bonnie. Um, it's Bonnie. Thank you. I could have just scrolled up through my notes then, but I, I just <laughs> so I'm just going to wait until the name gets back to me. Um, they conveyed their uh, simultaneous revelation that they were two witnesses inscribed into the Bible's end of the world accounts in April 1975 during a meeting with a metaphysical group of 80 individuals hosted by <laughs> Clarence Clug uh, in Joan in Joan uh, Culpepper's Studio City, Los Angeles home. <laughs> I, I, Good job, reading Dom. This, <laughs> reading this is... I, I, I thought I did all right on, on that. I'm not going to lie. Like, it, it's, uh, your school is really paying off, we can tell. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey right, Dude, it's been a fun... you did great. It's been a fun half an hour. I'm going to take the rest of this myself. <laughs> he just hits a button and then we're gone. <laughs> we just keep pushing until he gets there. <laughs> we have no right was... to give Dom shit for the amount of shit you and I edit out of our show. Oh, yes. <laughs> One of our latest episodes had a 45-minute cutting room floor on it, so I have no room to make fun of anyone else. <laughs> oh, no. to, be, to be honest, the only reason that, I, that you hear my mistakes in my episodes is because I'm too fucking lazy to edit them out. <laughs> I'll, start, I'll just keep I actually in. really respect that. I understand. <laughs> I like people want to hear the real me, and the real me obviously can't speak English properly. So, well, you've got in. the Queen's English, so you're doing okay, dude. Yeah, you already sound better than us already. Like the mark of where you sound is here. We sound down, way down there. Oh come on, you sound yourself just a little bit higher. Don't tell yourself that. Sure. <laughs> Please, please continue. We could do this forever. <laughs> this actually might be a four-hour episode. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> while recollection, while recollections of gatherings uh, vary, all agree that it was historic. You know, it was a historic meeting, um, and that Applewhite and Nettles presented themselves as charismatic leaders with a powerful spiritual message. As a result of this meeting, between 23 and 27 people opted to join Heaven's Gate. Hmm. 
they managed to get like 27 people to join their wow when when you go their to presentation their... that's called a metaphysical meeting and you say it was historical there's something wrong with the entire event <laughs> yeah <laughs> obviously that powerpoint presentation must have been fucking fantastic <laughs> if it got 27 people <laughs> he had his laser pointer out Looking very sci-fi. <laughs> what you don't know is that there were three thousand people there. So the number, the, turn, the conversion rate wasn't That's good. Yeah. It's not actually that impressive in in perspective, is it? <laughs> oh, you got twenty-seven. Oh, that's really good. How many were there? Um, uh, <laughs> we're at a one percent conversion rate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Baby steps. So, uh, Applewhite and Nettles would later preach at a hotel uh, hall in Waldport, Oregon, in nineteen in September nineteen seventy five. Around twenty people vanished from the hotel and the public view after seeing all the after selling all worldly goods and saying goodbye to loved ones and joining. The group so they just were like oh yeah so so love um i love you and this has been a really nice marriage but i'm 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 heading out <laughs> don't don't try and call me I, i'm leaving on a space plane i'm out <laughs> and these don't know when i'll be back again <laughs> and these families i mean they left their kids behind it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, joking aside, that, that is a certain type of mentality to just, I don't know, hear one person speak and all of a sudden everything you've ever done in your life is over and just going to walk. Yeah. I think it speaks it's... to the power of meaning in people's lives and what they're looking for with some larger purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I think... You know, I think so. When you're, like, say, when you're looking for meaning, and and someone is is like, you know, I can give you that meaning, then, you know, you're you're not really going to hesitate. You know, even if you do have kids and and a wife or you know a husband, it's yeah. But like I say, it, it's just mad that people left their families you know left their kids left their their partners to to go and go and join you know marshall's really really kosher really you know nothing fishy about this <laughs> group of people <laughs> above board yeah so above board <laughs> um so uh later that year on CBS Evening News, uh, Walter Cronkite reported on the disappearances in one of the first national reports on the developing religious group. Um, he said, uh, a score of persons have disappeared. It's a mystery whether they've been taken on a so-called trip to eternity or simply taken. I mean, it's not really much of a mystery. Well, not <laughs> now. They were just simply taken. <laughs> like... <laughs> Come on, Walter. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you don't know that. 
Walter had a lot going on in that time. He was a little distracted. Oh, did he? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that, that's don't you don't you listen to Horror House? Come on. <laughs> Walter was like, so in in forty ish years time, there's going to be this podcast, and you really need to listen to this this episode because it's it's, it's going to go on for a doozy. few years. <laughs> I got that information from a spacecraft. <laughs> it's, the, it's the little one that floats around between his ears and makes noise, and gives him messages. <laughs> oh dear! Um, so obviously, in reality, they hadn't been on a so-called trip to eternity. Um, they had. So Applewhite and Nettles had arranged for the group to go underground. Probably a smart idea, I suppose, if you're if you're those two, get them out of the public eye. I mean, sensible, I suppose. I always imagine when I hear about this particular cult going underground, that scene in the Poltergeist sequel, where the preacher was underground with all those people in the cave <laughs> and just waiting to die. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Come come join come join our come join our community. It's really fun. We just we just sit in a bunker. <laughs> yeah. Live in squalor. But we, we no, but, nobody that you ever loved is gone. Yeah. But it's fine. We have we play charades. <laughs> all the time <laughs> Charles brought the Scrabble <laughs> uh, so from that point forward um, Doe and T um, pronounced or do, do, and, do and T pronounced Doe and T um, led the roughly 100 member team Across the country, uh, they had a they had a team bus and everything. <laughs> so, little pennant <laughs> flags. They did. Yeah. <laughs> they had they had a mascot in the coach <laughs> and everything. Like, it was... Somebody comes out with a giant head of <laughs> Marshall Applewhite, and he's like, "Hello, kids! <laughs> we got to get the crowd going." Yeah! <laughs> Handing out balloons with Bonnie's face on them. Hey! <laughs> so, um, so yeah, from that point forwards, um, Bonnie and uh, Marshall led the roughly 100 uh, member team across the country, sleeping in tents and sleeping bags and begging on the streets. By avoiding notice uh, by government and the media, the crew, <laughs> the crew, I love it, I love it. the crew. You're never not uh, going to laugh when you hear it. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> the crew was able to focus on Doe and T's theory of assisting uh, the members in achieving a higher evolutionary level than human, which they claimed they had already achieved. They're like, ah, oh, we've been there, done that. Like, we we are, we are much better than humans. <laughs> we are higher evolutionary beings, don't you know? <laughs> One thing that fascinated me about this story, I actually didn't know the difference between a cult and a religion because mm. belief systems and whatnot. But, but 
I thought it was really interesting that when they talk about cults, they say that often the people that are cult leaders involve themselves in the mythology, whereas religious people don't. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. <clears throat> yeah, that is actually. I'd never, so I'd never heard of that sort of uh, distinction between mm. between cults and religion. So yeah, that's that's that is very interesting indeed. So over the years, Applewhite and Nettles have gone by a variety of names, um, <laughs> including Bo and Peep, um, and obviously Doe uh, Do and T. Um, prior to the use of uh, the names Heaven, the name Heaven, Heaven's Gate, the group was referred to as Human Individual Metamorphosis. It, it, it doesn't roll about off the him. tongue very well. it's not as snappy as it is heaven's gate individual human individual metamorphosis um it's a bit of a mouthful it doesn't sell as well they're they're naming (laughs) they obviously weren't going to have a patreon (laughs) (laughs) historically you can't push metamorphosis and make it sell well so they had to change it over gotta make it sexy (laughs) that's it that's it like Marshall, I know you're a higher level human being and stuff, but your naming of your group is shit. <laughs> Get like somebody in marketing to be like, I know this is a cult and all, but come on. You got to get more than 27 people. Yeah, sadly, they did. Yeah. Uh dear. So the group uh, reinvented and renamed itself multiple times and used a variety of techniques to recruit new members. Applewhite felt he was a evolutionary kingdom level above human, meaning he was <laughs> meaning Whack. he was related to Jesus directly. <laughs> of course this man was related directly to Jesus. Yeah, he was of- Jesus's other brother. The one <laughs> didn't get in the book. <laughs> yeah, it was through marriage. It was like a third cousin. <laughs> Marshall Marshall was the middle child, so he wasn't. They never yet. hated him, but they never really <laughs> talked much about him. They just let him, you know, exist. Uh, um so so in so Apple writes white uh, writings which incorporated elements of uh, millennies, millennies, millennialism, um, noticism, and science fiction suggest that he saw himself, saw himself as, as Jesus's successor and present representative on Earth. During the early days of the religious organization, Doe and T taught that Doe's physical body was inhibited, uh, sorry, inhabited by the same alien spirit that belonged to Jesus, and T, who is Nestle's, obviously was presented as God the Father. That yeah, again, whole... they never find out that there's somebody that sucks or that doesn't matter. <laughs> that whole, that, that like three sort of bullet point piece felt like I was on the worst acid trip in the world. <laughs> yeah, you're not far off. <laughs> like... <laughs> I was gonna say it's fascinating, as crazy as it is to say all this out loud, that it actually happened. 
Yeah. Like, this is real life crazy. Yeah. Like, and it meant so people... much to people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really did. I mean, that's actually it very really true, did. though. Like, all kidding put to the left for a moment. Like, there are people out there who were really devoted to this and really into it and sincerely believed the message that was putting out there. And I feel bad for those people, like the ones who made it through, who got out or what have you, to uh, have to live with looking back and going, damn, what the hell was I smoking that day? Yeah. <clears throat> it would it would have such a, like, mentally destroying effect, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't imagine sort of, you know, getting out and then having to to live with that for the for the rest of your life well, and we had touched on it earlier the psychology of the human condition that i find fascinating you find fascinating and this is part of it for me is not just during and what brought you there and what made it so appealing to you but then the aftermath and and those who at one point decided hey i need to get out and the other ones who stayed and then the other ones who just didn't show up that day when everything went haywire yeah and now they're like well now what doors yeah. closed everyone's bugged out yeah and you would have i i can imagine that survivor's guilt would be so prevalent as well mm. the people that did get out mm-hmm. madness i don't know if you know this leo but i actually knew some people that were involved with a cult mm. there was a cult up in maine that i had some you know kind of like a small association with and there were some people that left. I actually dated somebody who left. Oh. And there is this is there's enormous guilt because they have to jump ship, they have to step out, but they are leaving other people behind. It's very difficult. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to make a nasty comparison to it, but it's a lot like um I know somebody from Jehovah's Witness who got out. And it's it's a very similar mindset, a very similar track the way they describe it to what you hear from people who got out of a situation like this. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's just mad. And and like you say, it doesn't even, like if you had no idea about Heaven's Gate and, and say, you know, you listened to, to this episode or you watched something about it or, or whatever, and you had no knowledge of it, you would, you would sort of look or hear this and you'd be like, this, sounds like a movie script it doesn't sound like this was real right this sounds so sort of unbelievable that was there was no way it didn't but obviously we're very very aware that that it did um but yeah it's madness absolute madness um so the crew used numerous methods of recruitment as they toured the united states in destitution uh they proclaim they so proclaiming the gospel uh, of higher level metamorphosis was one of the methods of recruitment. Uh, the deceit of humans by false god spirits, um, envelopment with sunlight for meditative healing, and the divinity of the UFO too. Uh, cool. Some sociologists believe that during that time period, the popular movement of alternative religious experiences and individualism found in group spiritual experiences contributed to the growth of the new religious movement um so uh i was going to say shiliism i think that might be right she shiliism shiliism um as it was dubbed was a way 
for people of various religious backgrounds to come together around a common universal faith, which followers of new religious sects like Applewhites found to be a very appealing alternative to traditional dogmas in Judaism, uh, Catholicism and Evangelical Christianity. Uh, cool. So many members of Applewhite and Nettles crew came from these um, backgrounds. Most were long-time truth seekers or spiritual hippies who had long believed in attempting to find themselves through spiritual means, uh, combining faiths in a sort of uh, sort of cultural, you know, sort of a cultural cocktail, I suppose, well into the mid-1980s, according to researchers. So interestingly, not all of Applewhite's crew were hippies recruited from alternative religious backgrounds. In fact, one of one earlier recruit was John Craig, uh, a respected Republican and ranch owner who came near to winning a 1970 Colorado House of Representatives campaign and joined the group in 1975. That's pretty wild that a respective a respected politician was was like, I'm going to go and join up with with Heaven's Gate. That's incredible. I actually didn't know yeah. that. Ah, yes, I've taught you something. <laughs> <laughs> I find it yeah <laughs> it's actually quite interesting and to the extent of this particular story one of the most dangerous parts about all of this is it's easy to think that the people who get involved in a cult like this are crazy people but they had yeah. car mechanics and they had computer technicians and they had people with normal jobs and supposedly normal lives that by the 80s at least would be part of this and that allowed them to spread out into "quote unquote" normal society a little harder than some of these other cults did. Mm. It's that, but yeah. It's, it's crazy that because oh, obviously I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know a lot really about Heaven's Gate. I knew of Heaven's Gate, but I did. I didn't really know much about their history or or anything like that. So, like ninety percent of this is is you know obviously completely new to me but that that one about the the respected republican joining the group i was like they have they had that amount of sway uh-huh. right that, that's insane i think that this is where this story becomes so tragic for me because you have all these people that are coming in and they have dedicated their lives to finding some greater meaning and then they are going to spend so much time in this cult and lose so much over something that was well-intentioned that was well-meant yeah and just the idea of losing years of your life your families everything that you're dedicated to just because you were looking for some higher purpose i think is incredibly tragic yeah Oh, I hundred percent agree. Because it, you know, like like we said earlier, they leave everything behind, you know, and and they leave their life behind, and they leave people behind. It's yeah, and it's I think mad. it's important to remember that they are well intentioned. They're just people that are looking for something exciting that is meaningful to them. How many people read Harry Potter getting excited about the idea of being the one? Yeah. Yeah. That's all these people yeah. wanted. Yeah. 
Well, and it, it speaks to the human condition as we touched on before about everybody will call it something different. Uh, luck, fate, time, God, the universe, whatever you want to name it. We all, I, I have yet to meet a person who doesn't feel connected to something larger than ourselves. They just don't know what it is. And sometimes they'll put a human face on it. And the the desire to grab hold of that or to find the thing outside of ourselves that can give, to your point, life meaning for us yeah. as individuals is a really strong driving yeah. force. And when somebody can come along and, and capture that and lead you in a different direction than you should go or one that's not necessarily productive or good for you, um, I agree. Yeah. Just, it's sad. It is. No, in fact, podcast down, but I want to respect the the whole point of like for as much fun as we're having. Yeah. This is actually a tragedy. It, you know, like you said, we can you know we can have you know fun and we can joke around and we can banter and stuff and you know, but we can also realize that you know this is you know a tragic story. It's kind of like how I can mm-hmm. you know do an episode about you know Randy Craft or William Bonin and I can joke around and stuff, but I can be aware that. Yeah, th- this is actually a really sad sort of tale of just this, you know, this horrible person who caused so much destruction. Um, but like you say, it's it is for for most of it, it is quite a a sad tale of of people that are looking for for meaning and that have good intentions, but obviously go into something that is not what they think it is. You know potentially i could be off the mark on that but but yeah it's very very but um, anyway fascinating back to but ha- anyway <laughs> <laughs> but anyway back to how stupid musicals are <laughs> yeah yeah that's what we need yeah, to that's go back it. to yes Let, let's to it let's um so what's so what, what's your favorite disney movie <laughs> <laughs> You know what everybody wants to know? The favorite Disney movie of two single 40-year-olds. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a single 30-year-old as well. I have to change my background to the whole Disney theme before I can get into it. But... <laughs> so the clan of UFO followers uh, all seemed to have in common a craving for social membership in an alternate way and an, in an alternate way to higher existence outside the limits of organized faith as recruit members swelled in pre-internet days. So the first part of that actually sort of reminds me of what we just talked about, where people, you know, they 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 have sort of this common desire to have something more, mm-hmm. to have something that, you know, that, that has more of a meaning to them. Um so beginning in the early 1990s, they identified themselves as higher source and used their website to uh, proselytize and attract disciples. In the years that followed, rumors began to circulate among the group that the impending comet um, Hale uh, Bop held the key to their final salvation and ascension into the kingdom of heaven. And that was a little background into into heaven's gate um i'll take all the red flags i can for a hundred dollars please um (laughs) and with 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 that out the way it's time to talk about the event that 
made the cult infamous. It's time to talk about that um, that area of their history. What people so, don't uh, usually know is they actually spend a good money on advertising for this event. They ah. got Hansen to perform for the Hail Umbop Comet. <laughs> they, no, <laughs> no, get rid of him. <laughs> You and I can finish you've this been, episode, Dom. Yeah, I was about to say, you've been holding that in since we started recording, haven't you? <laughs> I've been waiting all this episode to pull that joke out. Oh. I mean, at least I only have to deal with that for this episode. Right? <laughs> Stephen has to deal with it for... <laughs> <laughs> the, the greatest problem of Stephen's life with me on the podcast is I'm the one that edits it, so I get to decide what I'm keeping. <laughs> <laughs> If we lose our own listeners because of that <laughs> joke, I'll be really mad at you. You'll have to get a new Alexa robot. That's <laughs> right. I'll just, this can just become a three person podcast. Completely different <laughs> to what I'm doing now. Like, not true crime, not single hosted. <laughs> oh, we can do like a. A blend of of true crime and horror. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, here we, Lord, here we go. Lord, here we go. So, the group began renting uh, the monastery, which was a 9,200 square foot estate near uh, 18341 um, Kalina Nort. which has since changed to uh, Paseo Victoria in Rancho Santa Fe, California, in October 1996. They made a cash payment of $7,000 every month for the monastery. Couldn't do that in today's climate? No. No, no, no. Um, So the group also obtained... This, I was howling when I came across this, when I was looking this up, because I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Um, the group also obtained alien abduction insurance in the same month, Yay. Which, which insured up to 50 members and paid out $1 million per individual. The, <laughs> the policy covered... The, the policy covered abduction impregnation or death by aliens prior to this they had purchased land in monzano new mexico in june 1995 and had started work on a compound made of rubber tires and concrete but had had, uh, abruptly left in 1996 alien abduction insurance one of my most favorite things about this story about this cult is that it is a cult founded by aliens who are trying to ascend you onto an alien spaceship, but also give you alien abduction insurance in the process. <laughs> I, I just want to... Who would know better? I just want to... <laughs> who just would know keep... better? <laughs> so... I just wanted to read out the policy coverage again. The policy covered abduction, impregnation, or death by aliens. Yeah, when they get tired with the cows, they come for you, and it's a whole different mess. Um, One million dollars per individual as well. That paid out. 
Like now, I, I have a question for you, Dom. Will this also be included in the Horror House Patreon? <laughs> um, when or I alien abduction, when I create an a when I create a Patreon, one of the perks on the tiers will be alien abduction insurance. <laughs> for 10 pounds a month you can have alien abduction insurance <laughs> so i can see somebody about a year later going i've been paying 10 bucks a month and i think this is worthless and we're like have you been abducted <laughs> obviously it's working are you pre- are you pregnant are you pregnant with an alien child no, there. It's it's working. Give me my ten pounds a month. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, You're welcome. You're still alive, aren't you? Aliens haven't killed you. There. It's All working. Right. <laughs> Stop moaning Shut about your abduction insurance. <laughs> So Marshall um, Applewhite taped himself um, at Doe's final exit on March uh, the 19th to the 20th, 1997, speaking about mass suicide and, quote, the only way to evacuate this Earth. Mm. After claiming that a spacecraft was following Comet Hale-Bopp and that this would mark the closing, I can see that you wanted to make that joke again. (laughs) <laughs> oh no, no. One and done. <laughs> turn his mic off dom turn his mic off I, this is being as as fully respectful to the tragedy that it can this is one of my favorite cult stories because it is just so ridiculous yeah it's wild <laughs> it's wild and i just want to paint a picture for dom's listeners so Leo is making Hanson jer- jokes. Jokes. That sounds worse. <laughs> making making Hanson jokes while he's sitting surrounded by plastic skeletons wearing an Evil Dead shirt. So the whole thing's fucked up. Evil. <laughs> making Hanson jerks. <laughs> the weirdest thing about I'll be Hanson, remembered for that. They're still doing albums. They're actually still relevant to some people. When they're out there on tour, when I it's weird. When I go on Buzzsprout and make a soundbite of this episode, I'm using Hanson <laughs> jerks in the soundbite. <laughs> no, can that be the byline of this episode? Featuring those two Hanson jerks. <laughs> spoils of horror. Uh, that's our band name. <laughs> those two Hanson jerks. We're a cover band. Oh, dear. <laughs> so... Don't let us stop you, Dom. Please. Continue. I can't actually remember where I got to on that bullet point, to be honest. Um, I think I got to uh, the only way to evacuate the earth. Um, so, um, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to do it or do it again. Oh, we're on. Uh, Marshall Applewhite takes himself at Doe's final exit on March the 19th to the 20th, 1997, speaking about mass suicide and, quote, the only way to evacuate this earth. After claiming that a spacecraft was following uh, the comet Hale-Bopp um, and that this would mark the 
quote, closing of Heaven's Gate, Apple White encouraged 38 followers to commit ritual suicide so that their souls could board the alleged spacecraft. <laughs> now, Leo, I got a question. Yes. Are, you and I are the same age. Do you remember seeing this on the news? Because I do. Oh, yeah. I actually, I collected uh, tabloid magazines for a short time. Anything that would have Satan's face in a cloud because it made me laugh. I would just buy it and put it in the pile. And they stopped doing that for a while because everything was Heaven's Gate and everything, the news was covering all of it and this hail bop thing. And they made so much noise about it themselves, let alone the other people going, wow, these guys are fucking crazy. I still have this image burned in my mind of watching the news and seeing the, I think it was the Reebok shoes. Yes. Yes. As the cameras panned across the people. It's, mm-hmm. it's a haunting image. It really is. And like immediately recalled the shoes. They don't ever, they're not in production ever again. You can go on eBay and find them for a couple million dollars, but who wants to? Like, <laughs> of course, you, of course you can go on eBay and get them for <laughs> fucking hell. So, you so that you you saying that you can find shoes it reminds me of like how you can you can buy like murder souvenirs like you can get like yep. paintings from from serial killers or you can get like bonnie and clyde's you know part of their car or something and it's it's madness it's like oh yeah john john wayne gacy was a piece of shit but i'm gonna get a souvenir from him because <laughs> it's like what a weird market out there for that kind of stuff it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's something that I have mixed feelings about, murderabilia, because mm. I think that there is something that I find really abhorrent about it, but I have yeah. to own the fact that there are a lot of people that I know that are very into this kind of stuff, and I've never really been able to get a good answer from them as to what is appealing about buying like a John Wayne Gacy painting? Yeah, <laughs> it's the only thing like the only thing that I can think really is. So like I have, I'll admit that I have like a morbid curiosity and I guess some people mm-hmm. will could use that as a, a sort of a reason why they're like, you know, I, you know, it, I know that it's, it's morally questionable. Um, but I've got like this morbid curiosity. That's. I think it dips into a different form of the psychology around all this mm. because it's a piece of history in a weird way. Yeah. And no, something that's... tangible that really happened. And if you're studying this and even not from a, from a deranged point of view or a weird point of view, it, but it's like uh, getting an autograph or getting a, a memorabilia from a show that you love or a movie you know, it's it's in that same kind of mindset, just wrapped around a different topic. Yeah. And it's touchy subject because that topic is so relevant and it's affected so many actual lives in a much more negative way than yeah. a movie would. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's what I always come back to because when you hear about somebody owning some piece of art from a serial killer, you have to remember the effect that that person had on other people but like you dom i also have a morbid curiosity i'm sitting right next to a human skull that i own (laughs) i have one too yeah it's real it's my last roommate i live alone now (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, so you're so you're why Netflix made the worst roommate. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> but yes, both Leo and I. That's how we connect. We both own a human skull. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was not but in all seriousness, I do think it's easy to write off a morbid curiosity. But at the same sense, me having a skull or us talking about, you know, serial killers or crime or horror movies is not the same as owning something that somebody's profiting off of a, a heinous crime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, 100% agree. Like, it's, it's sort of why. It one one thing that sort of riles me up about when so when people you know would say to someone you know you, you have a true crime podcast like so does that mean that you know you you know you you're you really like these serial killers or you want to be friends with them? it's like no there's there's a difference between so I can talk about Randy Craft for example and I can be interested in Randy Craft and I can be interested in what happened in his life to lead him down the path that he is. But I'm also not going to then email Randy Craft to set up a video call to be like, let's get to know each other because I want to be your friend. No, right. I can I can be like, he is a massive piece of shit. But I'm also interested in why he did what he did. Well, so I, I can it's... talk to it from a somewhat marketing point of view as well. I can create artwork based on these killers just because the topic fascinates me. Yeah. And I have an image in my head about it for example, uh, what I do with that is what becomes questionable. If I start yeah. putting it on t-shirts and selling it, maybe not the best idea. Also, if I do put it on t-shirts and sell it, but all the money I get from that goes to help the survivors and so on and so forth, is that as bad of an idea? So yeah. there's a lot of back and forth in the mindset and the the social construct around this. Yeah. I think it's something that Leo and I also run into in the world of horror and horror movies because I like scary movies, but there's some pretty extreme shit that I've seen in movies that I think are great movies. We literally just did a Terrifier episode, which has somebody getting cut in half and we were cracking jokes about the person getting the saw stuck. But this is, of course, <laughs> but but it's a movie. It's not real. This is all makeup and special effects and things like that. So I think that there is just a type of person that is going to look at really horrifying things and see no value in exploring it Yeah. other than just disregarding it and saying that it's horrifying and we really should kind of look away and if you're not that kind of person you're just not that kind of person like mm-hmm. i find this stuff interesting and i find exploring it interesting yeah oh 100 and it's you know it's, it's partly why i started this podcast because i want to explore these people and mm-hmm. what makes them tick and you know is you know the old question are people born evil or are they are they conditioned to become but yeah, hundred um, uh, percent. We've gone off on the bid- the biggest of tangents. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Spoils of Horror. <laughs> That's our show. <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about a movie, but instead we just go into psychology and all this other shit. 
Oh dear. So after uh, their deaths, Applewhite believed that an uh, unidentified flying object, which of course is a UFO, uh, would transport their souls to a level of existence above human, which he defined as both physical and spiritual. Each member videotaped a farewell message as part of their preparations. Uh, so members used uh, phenobarbital, um, I think I pronounced my... I, I can never pronounce like medication names or anything to do with <laughs> sort of <laughs> that stuff. I always get tongue tied. I'm pleased for that. Phenobarbital. Phenobarbital. Um, combined with applesauce or pudding and drank vodka to kill themselves. After ingesting, ingesting the mixture, they wrapped plastic bags around their heads to induce asphyxi as asphyxiation. Um, so the group wore uh, matching black shirts and sweat trousers, as well as brand new black and white Nike decades. Nike. They, they, Nikes. I, in a weird way, I felt bad for them. They had this whole campaign because it was 96, I believe, when this happened. 97? 97. I, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're getting up to that new millennia. And they have these great new shoes called the decades. And their marketing team was so proud of it. Oh, <laughs> right. is it really bad that like when when i sort of looked at the photos that i'm gonna put because uh, obviously when i go on instagram and be like you know episode blah blah is dropping on friday yeah. i'll put a few pictures is it really bad that i sort of looked at the photos and one of the photos that came up was was one of the rooms um and obviously it showed their their garments and i saw the suits and i was like Man, those are actually some really nice fucking shoes. <laughs> I hear that they are, but like they they, they looked clean. <laughs> Obviously, the the circumstances surrounding them aren't so clean, but the shoes themselves looked clean. Um... <laughs> yeah, you can certainly feel a lot of empathy for the people that the lives were lost, but you can also take a step back and laugh a little bit about the person who had those shoes in their closet uh -huh. and was like i won't be wearing these anymore you know how those in the bin kids are always like mom i need the newest greatest shoe and or the kids at school are gonna hate me and then he shows up on monday with these on after everything had happened over the weekend but he didn't like people are gonna be looking at him like you're not as cool as you think you are you know oh dear so as well as um, the the new black and white Nike decades, they also had armband patches that said Heaven's Gate Away Team, which was <laughs> one of several instances of the group's appropriation of uh, Star Trek um, nom, nomen, nomenclature. Um, so Star Trek sort of, I suppose they're borrowing from Star Trek by by putting on the armband patches yeah well, they dom, couldn't get the right you... uniform so <laughs> dom did you read about the fact that that was the only show that they were allowed to watch i thought that was really interesting i didn't come across that actually that was yeah. the, the they were only allowed to watch star trek yeah it's the only show that they were allowed to watch and the reason i actually know this is not because of true crime but because i'm a star trek nut and so they were only allowed to watch that show because of the science fiction nature of it. Wow. I mean, it makes sense. But that's wild. 
Another interesting tick on that, the gal that played Lieutenant Uhura in the original yes. show, I believe her brother. Yes. Um, yeah, I talk about that a little bit further down. Um, so we'll shut the fuck up now. Cut that out. That's fine. Sorry. <laughs> right, so do you just want to the rest of the episode, Leo? <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. <laughs> That's all. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying so hard to be involved and be funny without actually just no, stepping over you. No, and not at all. Don't worry. Job, you were about I, to I, say I something probably... fascinating and interesting. Go ahead. <laughs> I realized that I probably, um, I probably said that in a far more sassy way than I actually meant it. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> um, so in addition to the shoes, and the uniform and the patches. Um, each participant also had uh, a five dollar bill and three quarters in their pockets. It's <laughs> uh, the three quarters to to get through the toll gate. <laughs> <laughs> It was exact bus change. Can you imagine, the, like, they get to the comet? They go. They're doing. <laughs> they're like midway through the ascension, and like, <laughs> like Marshall's like. So has everyone got? Has everyone got their? Um, has everyone got their three quarters? And then, and one of them's like, "Oh fuck, I left it." And they're like, "God damn it, Dave! You had one job. <laughs> go <laughs> back three, and get it. Three dollars." <laughs> Everybody wait for Dave again. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Dave. You forgot to order Dom, pizza last night and now you forgot your money. <laughs> yeah. Do you know why they picked those shoes? I have no idea. Um, I'm pretty sure I put it somewhere in, in here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I come up to it. Um if not I, I i'll shut the fuck up now if if not I, if not i'm not sure See, now it's your um turn. sorry audience i know i know you come to horror house for hard hitting facts um <laughs> deep research uh i'm sure i did put it in my outline if not i do apologize um and i i'm sure i can i can dig it out and then i can put a little update on and be like oh so about the shoes um so so say what you want about the cult that they had they had this fashion down just saying they had the shoes they had the you know the the the, the black ensemble all the matching patches like fashion easters i'm telling you <laughs> you know dom every time i start to think to myself we should be serious for a second you crack a joke <laughs> <laughs> I, I seem to have put a lot more sassy remarks in my outline than I actually <laughs> normally do. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but think with the armbands and the matching outfit, it gave a new meaning to fashion police. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, so after uh, a member died... Um, oh, man, I, I laughed at... I looked at Leo after I said after a member died and I saw that he was laughing. I couldn't help but giggle. 
I'm not laughing at people dying. <laughs> people that are listening. <laughs> you can cut that. I'm sorry. It's just I it's a matter of pride for me to get that cringe out of Steven's face every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw him do it and I was like Fuck's sake. See, I've got my outline opened on half a page and Riverside have opened on the other. So I can just see me and you. I can't actually see <laughs> Steve, so I didn't see Stephen's yes. look of disgust. <laughs> it's it's right here. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I want you to know we've enjoyed our one and only time on your podcast. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. That's right. We we we're getting through. We're getting through it. Um. So after after a member, right? So <laughs> after a member died, um, a living member would then arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from the person's head and placing the body on its own bed with the faces and torsos covered with a square purple cloth for privacy. You know, got you got to get your get your privacy in there at least they were being considerate on that end the two surviving members told uh, harry robinson uh, that the same attire was worn as a uniform for the mass suicide to symbolize togetherness and that the nike decades were chosen because the gang you, you'll you'll never you'll never believe the really deep meaning that the shoes had right so the nike decades were chosen because the group Got a good deal on the shoes. Very sensible. Like that that's legit the reason why they were wearing the night, because <laughs> they got a bargain on the shoes. They had one guy that was a member who could get things wholesale. And this was their <laughs> best bet. Um so the thirty nine followers, uh, twenty one women and eighteen men, between the ages of twenty six and seventy two. Uh, are said to have perished in three groups over three days, with the remaining members cleaning up after each group's death. Can you imagine being like the third group and having to clean up after the first and the second group? I was thinking about that, what that would be like. Do you think... Um, That's fucked. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty messed up. I can't imagine what it would be like to be waiting for that to come through you definitely want to go first you would definitely want to go in the first oh group. yeah touching back on the psychology of it i find it fascinating that the second and even third group still went through with it like if you're the third group in line and yeah. you saw these two groups ahead of you it might make you reconsider what you're into and what you're about to do but they're like no we're good yeah just ran forward with it no that is actually i hadn't thought of i hadn't thought of that like sort of seeing the first two groups of people go ahead and not being like instead of being like ooh you know <laughs> i'm not I'm not i'm getting cold feet i'm not i'm not I'm not feeling it i have a magazine subscription that i've never canceled <laughs> i have some things that i should do i got to get that library car back like you know got a pornhub subscription that i but need to cancel but in all seriousness <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder though what it was like to be in that last group and if there was a moment of questioning is this the right choice yeah mm. and that, that 
there must have been surely even if it was only a few like a few at least must have been like what are we doing like why what are we doing why are we doing it um but yeah i thought that was that was mad um so um so between the uh, March the 22nd and March the 26th, three groups of 15, 15 and nine people committed suicide. Uh, Thomas Nichols, the brother of actress Michelle Nichols, who, as Leo said, is best remembered for her portrayal as Yuhura um, in the original Star Trek television series, was among the dead. Um, so... Uh, where are we? There we go. Cool. So, leader uh, Marshall Applewhite was the third to last member to die. Uh, two people remained after him, and they were the only ones who were found without purple cloths covering their top halves and with bags over their heads. Uh, cool. So, um, Parcels were also sent to a number of Heaven's Gate-linked or formerly affiliated people, as well as at least one media organisation, which was the BBC department in charge of uh, Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends, um, for which Heaven's Gate were offered to appear and had previously declined participation in the documentary. Little uh, factoid for you. I do love me some Louis Theroux, I'm not going to lie. He's got some banging, banging shows. Um, side note, I know that we said sort of imagine being like the third wave or the third group of people. The fu- the fucking smell must have mm. been ranted. Do, do you think those last two members after Applewhite ascended, did, did they stand around <laughs> trying to decide, are we going to, are we going to do each other or do I just inject myself? Yeah. Like, do you want to hold hands when we like, were they having a moment? (laughs) Should we toss a coin? (laughs) 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 But no, like it's such, it does make you wonder though. What is that last? Like, what is that last moment? Like, yeah. You know, when you're surrounded by all that, Yeah, it, it really, like my mind wanders just thinking about like in all seriousness, do you have to decide who's going to go first? Who's going to go last? What's going to happen? Yeah. And it's, and imagine sort of, sorry, you, you go ahead. Leah. Oh, and we, we've been talking about it ad nauseum, I'm sure to the people listening, but um, <laughs> I, this is what draws me to these sorts of moments in history. Like we talk about why are people fascinated by this? This is it for me because you start thinking about that individual mindset and how much control this man had over these people, how deep he got into their minds and their psyche to convince them after three waves of people and his own death that they should still follow through on this plan. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just mad. Um, the, the whole psychology of it. And there's, you know, as as Stephen said, sort of, you know, how would how would you have that conversation? Like, how would you, you know, tell tell someone, or how would how would you ask someone? Are you going to go first? Am I going to go first? Yeah. You know, what what? And it's it's easy to sit on the outside of this so many years later and be like, wow, what a bunch of crazy people. But if you were in it, if you were fully convinced by this man, 
and this lifestyle and these people and you were dedicated you know it might not have seemed so crazy to you it might have yeah. been you might have been in a whole different world yeah, yeah. like sure i'll go no problem yeah i mean i can imagine that this was a really proud and exciting moment for some of them which is really yeah. upsetting yeah. like to think a graduation about. ceremony right yeah so among those in the list of uh, recipients um of the the uh, parcels that were sent out was uh, rio uh, d'angelo so the package that d'angelo received on the evening of march the 25th um as other packages had sent uh, had contained contained two vhs video- videotapes which was uh, one with Doe's final exit and the other one with the farewell messages of group followers. It also contained a letter stating that, among other things, we have exited our vehicles just as we entered them. Upon informing his boss of the contents of the packages, D'Angelo received uh, a ride from him um, from Los Angeles to the Heaven's Gates home in a rancho Santa Fe so he could verify the letter. Uh, D'Angelo discovered that a rear door had been left unlocked to facilitate entry and recorded what he discovered with a video camera. Uh, D'Angelo's supervisor, who had been waiting outside when he left the residence, encouraged him to phone authorities and inform them of his discovery. Um, so the so that's the famous video that yes people have often seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. My more my morbid curiosity was was like, yeah, watch it, and I tried, and I I got to maybe like the first bit, and I was like, yeah, it's this is a bit grim, <laughs> so so I'm not gonna not gonna watch any more of that. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because again, you put yourself in the place of that guy going in there with this camera, and the question that you're asking yourself is. What is it like to be him? Mm. You're not trying yeah. to disrespect these people that died under these really terrible circumstances, but you're trying to explore that idea of like, what is it like to walk in that room and have that moment? Yeah. 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 I, I can't imagine. I, I genuinely can't. Um, so... Uh, so the San Diego County Sheriff's Department received an anonymous tip through the 911 system at 3.15 p.m. on March the 26th, suggesting they check on the welfare of the residents. Days after the suicide, um, the caller was obviously revealed to be D'Angelo. So the sole deputy who arrived on the scene first spotted the dead, uh, first spotted uh, 10 dead and was nearly overtaken by the pungent odor and obviously that's because the bodies were already decomposing in the hot california climate so i can imagine like that smell as you first walked in was something else like oof, horrible stuff so after a quick search um revealed no one living two deputies withdrew until a search warrant could be obtained then the bodies uh, and the bodies of all 39 people were eventually cremated. So the event was widely reported in the media as a case of mass suicide. Uh, when news of the suicides and their connection to 
uh, Comet Hale-Bopp broke. Alan Hale, uh, the Comet's co-discoverer, was brought into the discussion. Um, he was quoted as saying the phone never stopped ringing the entire day. Uh, he also, so he didn't answer um, until the next day when he gave a press conference on the matter after examining um, the specifics of of the incident. Imagine being the co-discoverer of, of your comet, of a comet, and having this sort of attached to it. Yeah, I never even thought of that. It's amazing the ripple effect something like this has. Yes. Yeah. Even these little... Sorry, I'm articulating. No. <laughs> these moments here where even even something as simple as, oh, I discovered a comet, I got to name it, and now there's all this... Uh, somebody's brother in the thing, somebody's... You know, there's so many small moments or other lives that are affected by this that people don't ever consider. Yeah. They just look at the big picture, and it's amazing how far reaching it goes yeah um so um this so this little sort of section um earlier we were talking about how people that had left the the group um you know how it sort of mentally affected them and this section um we'll we'll go into into that a little bit and obviously it affected them pretty severely uh at least a few of them it affected severely so the news of the 39 deaths in rancho santa fe prompted a 58 year old man a man from mary marysville california to commit suicide in a note dated march the 27th um it was stated I'm going to I'm going on the spaceship with Hale Bop to be with those who have gone before me. Um and it also replicated some of the details of the Heaven's Gate suicide as they had been reported in the media up in up to that time. Uh on March the 31st a friend discovered the man deceased and he had no known ties to Heaven's Gate. So he wasn't even involved in any way shape or form. Wow, I had no idea about that. Uh, which is insane that someone with no ties at all can 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 be like I believe so wholeheartedly in in them and their message that I'm going to do what they did. Yeah, it speaks to the power, which is of mad. belief and the power of wanting to be part of something. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. So at least. Three former members of Heaven's Gate ultimately died by suicide themselves in the months after the mass suicide event. On May the 6th, 1997, uh, Wayne Cook and Chuck Humphrey attempted suicide in a hotel in a manner like that used by the group. Um, Cook died and Humphrey survived the suicide attempt. Another former member, uh, James um, Perky Jr., mm died by suicide by a self-inflicted gunshot wound on May the 11th. Humphrey, who had survived his first suicide attempt, unfortunately, ultimately was successful in killing himself in Arizona in February 1998. Uh, so, so many have referred to the incident as a mass suicide. However, um. Yanya Lalich, a sociologist and former member 
of the cult has referred to it as murder. Um, this, like, this took me by complete surprise. Mark and Sarah King of Phoenix, Arizona, who operate the who operate as the uh, Teller Foundation, so T E L A H Foundation, are thought to still maintain Heaven's Gate website. Like that's still up. That's still live. Mm-hmm. Which I'm is mad. Literally browsing it right like now. Like twenty it's... something years after Yeah. They did add a nice section at the bottom their policy against suicide, so I suppose that's something. Oh I actually haven't been on the website myself. <laughs> I just like I didn't even know it was still running. It is. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. And that's the thing, um, is like it's actually being updated. So somebody is still managing it. It looks very nineties, like the website is still very I don't, I can imagine it looks like, <laughs> like they haven't done extremely. a lot. Extremely. But <laughs> right. it's it's clear that somebody has uh, you know touched it up here and there. So it's fascinating. That's insane. That's insane. Um so to to finish the episode off um i want to talk about what i found about found out about the stages to quote unquote graduate to the next level and mm-hmm. the structure of the cult um because it's it's just a bit insane and i ha- i had to put it in uh yeah just a little bit so according to heaven's gate once the individual has perfected himself through the process there were four methods to enter or graduate to the next level one of them was physically board a t-e-l-a-h spacecraft and transfer to a higher level body in this version of the rapture uh, which professor zeller refers to as the ufo version an alien spacecraft would come to earth and take apple white nettles and their followers after which their human bodies would be char- would be changed into perfected creatures through biological and chemical procedures. Some observers have characterized the group as a form of UFO religion because of this and other UFO-related beliefs maintained by the group. Another method is natural death, um, accidental death, or death from random violence. Here, the graduating soul leaves the human uh, container for a perfected next-level body. There's also outside persecution that leads to death. Uh, after the deaths of the Branch Davidsons, or Branch David, yeah, Branch Davidsons in Waco, Texas, and the events involving Randy Weaver at Ruby, Ruby Ridge, Applewhite was afraid the American government would murder the members of heaven's gate uh or the the final one that i that i that i was able to see is willful and dignified departure from the body near the end applewhite had uh, a revelation that they might have to give up their human bodies in order to progress to the next level as jesus had on the 22nd and 23rd of march um obviously uh, 39 members committed suicide and graduated um so so yeah those were some of the some of the ways uh in which you can graduate to the next level and yeah that's just a bit 
bit insane, isn't it? <laughs> Dom, can you imagine? Can you imagine trying to explain that to the people <laughs> in your group? I know. Like, can you imagine being like, no, no, no? It's it's easy if you just listen for a minute. So it's <laughs> like you get. <laughs> On the ship, and then your human body is that changes. No, stop, stop trying to think ahead. Just listen for a second. (laughs) I don't understand why you can't grasp this. It's extremely simple. Yeah, it's it's the conversation you have with one of your good friends who's always getting you into trouble by having you go along with his idiotic schemes. And he's just like, dude, seriously, no, think about it. There's a dumpster out back the Wendy's. Uh, just listen. It's all good. Just watch Star Trek. It'll all make sense. Just watch Star Trek. <laughs> it's, there's a human host, and then you go up. and yeah. All right, marathon time. We're just going to sit down and watch together. Yeah. Oh, dear. So uh, as for a little bit about the structure of heaven's gate uh adults above the age of 18 were invited to join a community that gave up their goods and lived a strict lifestyle devoid of many indulgences everything was shared uh, communally in this close-knit group each member of the gang only carried a five dollar bill and one roll of quarters in public as an extreme measure to to sustain the um, aesthetic lifestyle. Eight of the group's male members, including Applewhite, voluntarily underwent castration. My, I clenched a little bit, I'm not going to lie, after, after I honestly didn't that. know if you were going to add that, so I never talked about it, but... No, no, I, I, <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is going in. <laughs> Or out, as the case may be. Or out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I I don't know. I I fully respect the mindset of somebody who's ingrained into this and believes it 100%. Because it's, as I say, easier to sit here and laugh about it after the fact. But if I was in any group at all, and they're like, okay, it's castration day. I probably would revoke my membership. I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. I'm out. I had yeah. enough fun. I'm gone. Going to go to the pool. Yeah. See you there. That's it. <laughs> and at least right, one guy did. At least one guy yeah. did leave because he just couldn't go through with it. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, but yeah, I like, I just, I just be like, yeah, sorry. That's, that's a bit, that's a, that's a no from me. Sorry, Marshall. I appreciate There's you a know. limit to how much yeah, I'm yeah. to put up with. Yeah, exactly. That's the line. <laughs> you know, like, I don't use Five it. Five bucks to my pocket, poverty, <laughs> living in tents. Cool. Castration. That's it. Got to gotta set boundaries. That's it. I'm going through a dry spell, Marshall, but I still don't want to leave. I still don't want to <laughs> lose it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This definitely uh, just turned into a three dude podcast. <laughs> We're like castration. <laughs> no. Uh, if you're into it, I'm not shaming. I'm just saying it's not my thing. That's all. Yeah, that's not my jam. Not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> so the group attempted castration. So 
at first, uh, the group attempted castration by having one of the members, who was a former nurse, execute the procedure. But this failed, like, miserably. It, it nearly resulted in one of them dying and forcing at least another member to leave Heaven's Gate, as Stephen said. Um, following this initial castration, all subsequent castrations were performed in a hospital. I mean, it probably should have. Uh, uh, I don't. Why did it maybe take? Start there. Why did it yeah. take a botched castration for them to think maybe this would be better in a hospital? <laughs> what your viewers can't see right now is that all three of us were holding our breath during that whole part. <laughs> yeah, my 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 hands is is. A lot lower than it than it was. <laughs> <laughs> Got to protect my, the mommy daddy button. Just, my, uh... <laughs> my balls have sucked up into my body, <laughs> oh, like so you a turtle. Do your own castration. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So under the business name Higher Source, uh, the group made money by providing professional website development to paying clients um obviously they probably could have used some of that money to do their own professional website development but hey ho um i mean it was the 90s all the websites look like i mean that is that is true that is true but you know it's 2022 now surely they could they could update it a little bit (laughs) they like the retro they write the retro. That's, That's what it is. It's been around so long now, it's actually cool again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the group was also dubbed a cyber sept by cultural theorist Paul uh, Virillo because of, its, because of its extensive reliance on computer-mediated communication as a form of communication prior to its collective suicide. And... To finish off, as we have alluded to a few times, the group's website is still up and running in January, as of January 2022, um, and it's still up and running now, 24 years after the mass suicide, or 25 now, 25 years after the mass suicide. So yeah, the group's website is still up and running over 20 years after the event. Who, who got that shitty job? <laughs> who was like we're all going to ascend you get to stay behind and run our GeoCities website I think they left a note for Jeff who was always late to the meetings Do you re- he's like <laughs> if you're not here on time this is now your job Je- Je- Jeff the uh, Jeff the poor intern got that got lumped with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he's still unpaid He's still unpaid. (laughs) True. It's all still volunteer work. Poor Jeff. That's it. Um, So that is uh, the cultastic um, bonanza of the Heaven's Gate cult, which, yeah, it's it's mad. Like that, if that, if you didn't know about Heaven's Gate, like this entire thing just seems like a Hollywood script. Like it's, it's... insane um leo steven cult um thoughts feelings what what how 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 did you find that 
I mean, it was very interesting, and I certainly had a lot that I didn't know about Heaven's Gate. So that was really interesting to hear. I really appreciate your perspective on it too, because I have to tell you, I won't name names, but I did listen to one other podcast just to get kind of familiar with everybody's names and kind of get it back into my head. And holy shit, it was awful. Oh, no. It had UFOs. It had UFO noises underneath it every time they talked about the UFO. Oh, God. It had this like loot music like you were walking into a renaissance fair oh god <laughs> <laughs> oh dang. so first of all you've beat them they're great you're great you've done a great job but also it is such a strange story but i i do want to just double back for a moment mm-hmm. that i really can't imagine what it was like to be these people having this experience, be so dedicated to it, but also to just think for a second about, imagine what it was like for those people's families who hadn't heard from them for years, and yeah. this was the end result. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, and I don't know if they if they would have been sent the because they they recorded sort of video farewells, didn't they? I don't know if they would have if the families would have been sent those, but if they were, imagine. You know, imagine that being your last sort of sight, I suppose, of your loved one. Yeah. The tragedy of that is, and I I don't recommend it, and I'm not going to say where or how, but you can actually find those videos online now. Um, When I was studying cults in general when I was younger, and to Stephen's point earlier, this was all the news when it came out and people went nuts over it. So of course I did my own deep dive with what was available during the day. And they didn't make those videos for the families that they left behind as sort of just a general Okay. My understanding, I might be wrong, but it was a general uh here's what this is all about and we're actually happy to be doing it just in case the news got hold of it or what have you. Uh in in the wake of things uh-huh. like Jonestown where it was just labeled mm-hmm. as, you know, evil this, evil this, evil this. So they sort yeah. of prepped with, hey, no, we're good. We're doing this on purpose because we're all in. And okay. that makes it a little more disheartening when you figure <clears throat> now, maybe perhaps now somebody related to this who had not heard anything, what was going on and all that, and they were to go online and find those videos. And that's the last memory they have of the person yeah. they loved. And it's just tragic at the end of yeah. the day. Oh, 100%. 100% agree. Um, so I know that you guys said earlier in the episode, uh, but just as a reminder for people, um, where can people find your show? And where can people follow you on social media? Well, we're all over Twitter and Instagram. And Spoils of Horror can be found on Spotify. It can be found on, you know, Podcast Addict. It can be... Why is it that we get to this point and then I can never remember where our own show can be found? (laughs) It's really simple. Search for Spoils of Horror on every social media. You'll find us. There we go. Yeah, I'm naming stuff that nobody (laughs) listens to. Like, oh, don't forget to find us on Podcast Addict. 
<laughs> one day inevitably we'll have a, a central hub website and it'll all be good but just, uh, until then how about people... apple try that how about apple <laughs> <laughs> or spotify you know the two names that we say all the time at the end of our show <laughs> maybe try those <laughs> if in doubt just google spoils of horror and i'm sure i'm sure you'll find them um but <laughs> but thank you again for coming on Stephen and Leo it's been an absolute blast it's been it's been a good old two hours I've thoroughly enjoyed it um well thank you very much we're huge fans of your show we listen all the absolutely. time oh stop. and also <laughs> yeah no you you go you do a great show thank you very much for that and we just want to say uh thank you to all your listeners who will probably be listening in 2025, 2026, when you actually decide to release this show because <laughs> you're just so desperate for material. <laughs> Once the comet comes back around and you're allowed to yeah. put it out to the universe. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just going to tuck thrilled. this as far back as you possibly can. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have been uh, one of your greatest mistakes for your for your show. I appreciate it very much. Uh, uh, you, I mean, if it's if it's you've been my best mistake, guys. If that's any consolation, <laughs> that's but exactly I will... the opposite of what my mom said. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I do want to extend an invitation. If you do decide to come over to the States and you're in our area, we would love to have you on. And we actually have an idea that we've been waiting for this moment. We would like to have you on. We've been saving this one for our Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode because it would blend really nicely with what you do. Because, of course, that was inspired by Ed Gein. Oh, yes. I would. I'd be so fucking stoked. I'd be down for that. Yes. One. 100 percent yes um and let's make it happen and um i so i will i will be in america in the summer um so i think i i might have mentioned it on on instagram through messages or something but i i want to visit boston so and you'll be right where would, we are. you know like yeah yeah like getting a drink or something like that would be would oh, yeah. be super super cool i can take you, you to the be best irish pub in the city yes Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is probably nothing like any Irish pub you've actually been to. It's probably far worse. <laughs> so you can find Horror House on Instagram and Twitter at horrorhouse underscore pod and on, you know, pretty much all podcasting apps, you know. So don't forget to rate and review both Horror House and Spoilers of Horror 2. Um, we will get our legal teams involved if anything below a five-star review comes in. We, 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 we will be chasing that up. Um, but if you haven't checked out Spores of Horror, please go and give them a listen. Uh, honestly, you guys are doing amazing work and I thoroughly enjoy tuning into your show. Um, so give them all the love they deserve because honestly, Stephen and Leo, you are smashing it. Um, very, very much so. Thank so, you. So, oh, you're you are more than welcome. So, all that's left to say from me is until next time, stay spooky, 
Stephen, Leo, would you like to give a little sign off? Bye, everybody. You guys are great. <laughs> I can't beat that enthusiasm, so I'll just say, see you later, meatbags. <laughs> Beautiful. Bye.